going to go ahead and uh, stay, keep remain standing for the reading of God's Word tonight. Genesis chapter 40 is where we'll be. Genesis chapter number 40. And uh, we're going to work our way through most of this chapter, uh, well, really the entire chapter here tonight. But bef- to start with, we're going to just read the first four verses of Genesis chapter number 40. Genesis chapter 40. I'll give you a hint on where Genesis is. It's, it's before Revelation, so hopefully that helps you uh, find it. But uh, Genesis chapter 40, verses 1 through 4 says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And with that, let's pray, and we'll get into the message tonight. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be in your house once again. Thank you for the, uh, just the joy that it is to be among your people. And uh, Lord, I thank you also for the privilege and the freedom that we have to a meet here without fear of police intervention, and uh, Lord, we thank you for that freedom. I know that in, in, in many ways that freedom is under attack to some degree here in our country, and uh, we pray, Lord, that you would uh, help our governmental leaders to make decisions that would allow this freedom to maintain. Um, Lord, I ask that now you would uh, speak to our hearts from this passage of Scripture from the life of Joseph, and encourage and challenge and convict us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. So we're going through this series called The Romans 828 Man. And the reason we're doing that, uh, the reason it's titled that, is because the life of Joseph really embodies the New Testament verse, Romans 828, where the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. Uh, that that confidence that we know that God works all things together for good. And Joseph's life in the Old Testament was a tremendous example, a tremendous illustration of the fact that God does work together all things, even things that seem bad at the time. God is able to use all of those things for His good and uh, for His glory. And uh, so far in this series, we've seen uh, Joseph who... Uh, was the favorite son of of uh, Jacob, and how he was given that coat of many colors, but then how he was uh, despised by his brothers. They were very jealous of him. They did not like him one iota, uh, decided to go ahead and slay him, kill him, uh, to get rid of him, because he kept talking about these dreams, and it was so annoying that this little brother uh, was kept bringing up these dreams, and so they were done with him, decided that they were going to kill him. And, and then at last second, a little, they called an audible and said, actually, let's go ahead and, um, and sell him and make some money instead. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites who brought him down to Egypt. And there Potiphar, uh, a very wealthy uh, businessman and uh, had a big home, lots of servants. And uh, he ended up buying Joseph and uh, he, Joseph there, served in Egypt and uh, did really well in Potiphar's house, so much so that Potiphar gave him 
uh, all of his household to be in charge of and said, I don't really care what you do because whatever you do basically turns to gold, so you are in charge of it all. He, in many ways, had the Midas touch. Uh, Just whatever he did worked out well. The Lord was with him and prospered everything that Joseph did. And so his, his master said, you're, you're the guy in charge. And we saw how uh, he was faithful in all of those scenarios. Well, then he uh, faces the temptation there with uh, Potiphar's wife, how she makes inappropriate advances towards Joseph, and uh, he refused uh, multiple times. In fact, the final time when she grabbed his clothing and said, you lie with me, he took off his clothing, ran away, um, and then she realized that uh, this looked bad, so she had to make up a false false story, and uh, then he was placed into prison. And so last Sunday night, if you recall, we looked at the facts that Joseph was indeed pure, and uh, we spent some time talking about, okay, we're going into these summer months, the weather is warmer. Uh, Well, while that's a wonderful thing in in many ways... It also uh, brings the necessity for us to guard our hearts a little more carefully, a little more diligently. In fact, we're told in uh, Proverbs 4 and verse 23 to keep the heart with all diligence. Uh, We need to do that, especially during the summer months. And uh, we spent some time talking about the particulars for both men and women during this time. And if you weren't here, I would implore you to uh, look, look those up on our website or, uh, and listen to that message and to be challenged and encouraged along those lines uh, of purity. But then, because of his purity, uh, many times we think, okay, I did right, therefore I get blessed. Well, we looked at his punishment as well, how he was put into prison for doing right. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but... Uh, We looked at several other examples in the Bible of those who did right and were punished and dealt dealt with much suffering and and trial because of doing right. Uh, One passage I did not bring up last time, but I wanted to mention uh, today is uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter number 5. And in this, he talks about those who are persecuted uh, for doing right. He says in uh, verse number 10 of Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed? Happy? (laughs) Are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you for my sake. Rejoice! Jesus says, we're supposed to rejoice Joseph was supposed to rejoice because getting placed in prison for doing right. Uh, he, that's what Jesus says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Uh, that's not usually what I, we're exceeding glad about, is it? Usually we're exceeding glad about, you know, a financial windfall or our team winning a championship or uh, something, you know, much, much more temporal. And yet the Lord Jesus says for us to rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus says it's good to be uh, persecuted for your faith in some ways because great is your reward in heaven. These who were uh, dealt with tremendous suffering because of their uh, righteousness are experiencing tremendous rewards in glory. 
So we looked at his punishment, we looked at his patience, the fact that Joseph was indeed patient here in prison. Uh, in, verse, in chapter 39, verses 21 through 23 was our text last time. And I don't want to re-preach the message. I guess I kind of am. But anyway, uh, I'm just doing a little quick review is what I'm calling it. You're like, call it what you want. You're re-preaching it. Um, but that's okay. Uh, Joseph was patient there in that prison, and uh, he made it, the Lord made everything that he was doing there in prison to prosper in verse 23. And so we looked at also the fact that Joseph was prosperous even in prison. Now, tonight we're going to look at his time in prison, his prison sentence, and, and how he met two individuals that would eventually lead to his escape from this prison. Uh, his release, I, I guess that's a better way to say it. So, uh, first of all, in this passage, I want us to look again, number one, at Joseph, the fact that Joseph was faithful. He was faithful. Here, once again, we see Joseph's faithfulness to his Lord. Uh, in fact, one of the message I brought in this whole series was named, was called or titled, Faithful in All Things. It's just a common theme in the life of Joseph. Just really, wherever he is, he's faithful. It didn't matter his uh, proximity, his location, his circumstances. It didn't matter. He was going to be faithful. And so uh, getting sold by his brothers didn't shake his faithfulness. Living in a foreign country didn't shake his faithfulness. Having prosperity didn't shake his faithfulness. Having power didn't shake his faithfulness. Facing temptation didn't shake his faithfulness, and being punished for a crime he didn't do uh, did not shake his faithfulness, and he is still faithful in, in these situations. And I, I can't help but think that the Lord is, is testing uh, Joseph as he goes through these different scenarios. Well, what was he faithful to do? Well, first of all, he was faithful to point others to God. He was faithful to point others to God. Let's go ahead and pick it up in verse number 5 here. And they dreamed, these two men, the butler, the chief butler and the chief baker, they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. If they could have, I imagine they would have wanted to go into their mom and dad's room because they had scary dreams. Uh, our children do this on a uh, occasional, uh, they, occasionally they'll come into our room in the middle of the night and say, I had a bad dream, can, can I sleep in your room? <laughs> and so I'll wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning and there's a, there's a kid in our bed. And I'm like, what happened to this? This isn't supposed to happen. Uh, they had they had a bad dream, and then I, there's been a couple times where where two kids ended up in our room. I'm like, what? Um, so Seth, stop coming to our room. <laughs> okay, hasn't been Seth in a couple weeks, so he's he's getting older. So yeah. But uh, these two men had these dreams, and when Joseph comes and looks at them, they were. Their countenance was sad, and, and he's like, hey, what, what, what's going on? So verse 7, he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? Like, what's going on? Tell me, why are you so sad? What's, why so down? And they said unto him, verse 8, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. 
Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them, tell me them, I pray you. And so here he, Joseph uses this opportunity to point them to the Lord. Now remember, this is Egypt. This is not a Christian nation. This is not a godly nation. This, this is a nation that doesn't know the Lord. And here Joseph, as a foreigner, decides that he's going to be a missionary. You know, again, he was in this place where no one knew where he was. No one even knew if he was alive. No one really cared about him. And uh, he could have done whatever he wanted to do. He could have uh, committed that sin with Bathsheba, or not Bathsheba, um, with Potiphar, Miss Potiphar, Mrs. Potiphar. And, uh, and, you know, no one would have known. But if he did that, all those dreams that he had when he was a teenager would have been bye-bye. And uh, many times we lose uh, the God's best and God's uh, perfect will in our lives when we say yes to sin. But he didn't do that, and, and uh, he's in prison, and he could have said, you know what, I can interpret this and not said anything about the Lord. But instead, he chose to point these two men to the fact that there is a God, and that God is able to do great and mighty things. So Joseph acted as a missionary, and certainly we can be encouraged to have the same faithfulness as well uh, to point others to the Lord. That is all of our purpose in this life. To say, no, no, my my purpose is to be, you know, uh, a homemaker um, or a housekeeper. I guess that's uh, what we we learned about that in Sunday school. You should have been there. you can ask the Armstrongs about that after church. So <laughs> it's kind of an inside joke. You had to be there anyway. But you can say, no, my purpose is, you know, to be a salesman. My purpose is to, uh, you know, be a trash collector if that's what your pur- what's what your job is. No, those that's really where you get your paycheck. Your purpose is far greater than that if you're a believer. Your purpose is to be a bright and shining light for the Lord Jesus Christ and to point others to Him. Look, you say, well, I'm not a missionary. You know, I don't, I don't go around to churches and, and get you know, financial support. That's okay. Uh, you're a different type of missionary. All of us are missionaries. All of us should, in some ways, have our own prayer card and a little video that we would show churches if... We're all supposed to, we all have the same purpose as the missionaries that come around to different churches and and go to foreign lands. Just God's called us here. And we need to be effective and we need to be diligent about getting the gospel out and to never forget that that's our main purpose. Uh, Paychecks are great, but that's, that's not the main reason we're in our jobs. That's not the main reason we're in our neighborhoods is just because it's a nice neighborhood and everybody gets along and it's nice and comfortable and all of that. No, God has put us where he has put us to be a missionary and Joseph was put in a difficult spot and he chose to use that opportunity to get the gospel out in some ways. Um, he, was, uh, he used the opportunity, he saw it and he took it. And he said, I'm going to point these uh, men to the Lord and the fact that there is a God. So he was faithful to point others to to the Lord. Are you faithful to point others to the Lord? If there's ever a time in our nation's history for God's people to point others to the Lord, it's right now. Uh, Let's be faithful to do that uh, where we can. And I'm thankful that uh, our 
communities are kind of opening up again that allow us to get the gospel back out, out there in a little more effective manner than we have during the last three months. I had a big goal for this year for our church to get out a certain number of uh, invitations to our church and with the gospel on them, and then COVID-19 happened. But look, God can still use us in, in, in whatever way, and we just need to be creative like, like Joseph was. He looked for an opportunity to get, to, to get some knowledge about the Lord to them, and, uh, and he took it. Do not interpretations belong to God. And uh, so I want to encourage us to be faithful to point others to the Lord as well. But then he was also faithful in telling the truth. He was also faithful in telling the truth. Now let's keep reading here in verse number 9. So he invites them to tell him the dreams. Verse 9, Chief Butler told his dream to Joseph, said unto him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was, though, it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine hand and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the form and manner when thou wast his butler. Uh, but verse 14, please uh, think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon." And so he, he tells the chief, uh, chief butler the interpretation of the dream and says, hey, I've got good news for you. Three days from now, you're going to be restored to your previous position. Uh, your job, you're going to get your job back. Paycheck's going to be the same. Everything's going to be just hunky-dory. So that was easy to tell the truth to that guy. Well, then look here in verse number 16. Well, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good. He said unto Joseph, Hey, I, I want to go next. <laughs> I'm next. Can you interpret my dream? I, I can't wait to find out what my dream means. This is going to be good. Like, I wonder if it's going to take t- only two days for me. And, of course, we all know the rest of the story here, but, but let's keep reading in verse 16. Uh, Chief Baker saw that the interpretation was good. He said unto unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Joseph answered and said, "Um, Well, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the bird shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Whoa, that's quite a different interpretation <laughs> than the last one, right? This, and I imagine that uh, as uh, this baker is sharing his dream with Joseph, Joseph's going, uh-oh, I know what the interpretation is. Do I tell him? Or do I try to sugarcoat it? 
or do I just kind of let it fly? And Joseph is bold and faithful to just simply tell the truth. This would prove valuable because in chapter 41, in the very next chapter, he's going to interpret a dream of Pharaoh's. And the first part of the dream, easy peasy to tell the interpretation. The second part of that dream, not so easy to tell. You see, this was a, a proving ground for Joseph. This was a practice session for what he was about to do with the most powerful man in the entire world. And yet, Joseph was faithful to tell the truth when it wasn't easy to do that. This is a great encouragement to me as a pastor to not fear man. The Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. To just tell the truth and not worry about what people may think. And Joseph did just that. He told the truth regardless of how it would make others think. Um, How many of you parents remember when your children were at a grocery store and they would see somebody and they would be like, Mommy, Daddy, why? And they, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're, they're just too honest, you know? You don't want them to be that honest. <laughs> you know, maybe about the way they look or why do they, you know, why do they have a cigarette in their hand? Why are they buying alcohol? You're like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're just kind of too honest. Well, may, may God help us to be a little more honest. A little more forthright. Now, again, we don't we can we can taper it down and, and show discernment and tact and all that, but but when it comes to telling the truth about the Lord, let's be faithful to do that. And Joseph was faithful to tell the truth. Then I want us to see number two tonight that not only was Joseph faithful here in this prison, he was also forgotten in this prison. Let's pick it up in verse 20. Came to pass the third day. So sure enough, the third day after the dreams were had and, and interpreted, third day, um, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief of uh, the head of of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Verse twenty-two. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. So sure enough, the dreams came to pass. But verse 23, what happened to the chief butler? Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. So Joseph was like seeing these guys being pulled out of prison, and he's like, oh, cool. My release is just on the heels of this. It's just a matter of maybe hours I'll be out of here. And uh, unfortunately, though, and here, here's my mental image of what happened. I mean, it just happened in a whirlwind. Uh, the chief butler got put back, and it was like, hit the ground running, no time for talking, start doing your job. Uh, he didn't have a chance to say, hey, Pharaoh, time out. There's this guy in prison that told me this dream. It was like there was no opportunity for that. And so he just kind of, life got going and life got busy and, and he forgot. And Joseph, I imagine, was in prison going, okay, again, it's just going to be a matter of hours. Those hours turned into a whole day and it was like, okay, well, maybe tomorrow 
they'll have a conversation. I mean, maybe he's just kind of getting his job back, getting his bearings again, and, and, and he'll have that conversation. He, he, he said he was going to remember me, but he didn't. And those days turned into weeks, and those weeks turned into months, and those months turned into, anybody know how long? Close. You double that, and you got it. Two years. Uh, verse Chapter 41, verse 1, it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. So for two years, Joseph was thinking, maybe it's today that I'm going to be released. Maybe, maybe he's going to remember today. But he was forgotten. I read this week about a couple driving through Montgomery, Alabama. And they were stopping for gas in this town, and Sam got back in his car, drove more than five hours before noticing that he had left someone behind, his wife. Five hours. Ouch. So at the next town, he asked the police to help him get in touch with her. This is probably before the days of cell phones and uh, getting a pretty hot text message. Well, then Sam called his wife. I would not want to have been Sam in that particular phone call uh, to tell her that he was on his way back, and he admitted with great embarrassment that he just hadn't noticed her absence. Oof. See, Joseph in this prison was out of sight, and as a result, he was out of mind at the chief butler. It was like, I'm moving on with life, totally forgot about what happened there in prison. That was just a, a fleeting thing. Have you ever felt like you've been abandoned and that you're living in obscurity, that you're living in a place where no one even knows that you're here? Of course, I'm talking to people that I see you and I know you and, and uh, I know you're here and I care about you, but, but I'm, I imagine that all of us have had times where we felt like we were forgotten where we've been abandoned. Uh, David certainly knew what it was like to feel forgotten, and many of the Psalms record David's feelings of loneliness. If you recall in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, when all of his family was taken there, and the, uh, Ziklag, his, his town, was destroyed, and all of his men that were supporting him turned on him and said, "'It's your fault, David.'" And they were speaking of stoning David, and David had to encourage himself in the Lord because he was the only one. <laughs> no one else was around to encourage him. He had to encourage himself in the Lord, and I believe Joseph did a lot of that as well. Psalm 13, verse 1, records David some of David's feelings. He said, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my, mine enemy be exalted over me? David knew what it was like to feel abandoned. And in uh, Psalm 22, in verse, verse 1, is a reference to what Jesus would experience on the cross. And Jesus knows what it's like to feel abandoned as well. I remember right before uh, he was crucified, that night of his arrest, most of his deepest and closest followers had scattered for fear of the Lord, for fear for their life. 
So he felt abandoned in that moment, no doubt. And there on, then there on the cross, as Jesus hung between heaven and earth as he suffered for us and became our sin, the Bible records in Matthew chapter 27 about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So even Jesus knows what it's like to be forgotten, forsaken. And that's not the only time, though, that God has been for, forgotten. Isaiah chided the nation of Israel about their forgiveness with the verse that I mentioned this morning at the end of my message. Isaiah 1 and verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have proved the, provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. So yes, I think all of us have felt that we have been forgotten at times. Joseph felt like it, but, but you know, the Lord feels like it too at times. When a nation turns their back on the Lord and they have uh, forsaken the Lord. Several hundred years later, Jeremiah was sent by God to declare to the nation of Israel that they, also, that, that they still had forgotten God. Jeremiah 2 and verse 32, one of the saddest verses in the Bible in my opinion, and there's a lot of sad verses in the Bible, and I say that on a regular basis, but this is a sad one too. Jeremiah 2 verse 32 says, Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yesterday, Miss Kaylin got married to Brother Blake, and uh, when we were watching it, we noticed that she did not forget her attire. <laughs> she remembered her wedding dress. We're faithful to forget those things, or I mean to remember those things. He said, can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Wow. Like we're faithful to remember all the things in our lives. Like remember the, was it the MasterCard or American Express? Never leave home without it. Who was it? American Express or MasterCard? Anybody remember that slogan? Nobody remembers that but me? MasterCard? Thank you. I think that's what I said first. So thank you for verifying that I am not forgetting everything. Um, yeah, never leave home without it. And so uh, we are faithful to, like we would never leave our home without our phone. No way. But do we sometimes leave home without spending time with God? Mm. Maybe we do. And our country, our nation that was founded out of revival and love for God, for love for His Word and based upon His Word, uh, we were learning that our Constitution, many of the parts of our Constitution as a country were based on the principles of God's Word. Uh, our country was founded for the purpose of propagating the Christian faith. Well, obviously, we have wandered far away from those purposes. We have wandered far away, ultimately, from the Lord, the one who we were founded upon. And we have forgotten the Lord. Now, how Sam could forget his wife, it's pretty incredible, isn't it? But wait, we're not much different in our relationship to God. Many times we actually fail to remember the one who created us and redeemed us. 
Each and every one of us is guilty in living our day forgetting the Lord. We may go a day or two or a week without spending time with the Lord. Oh, we may go to church. But do we really spend time with the Lord? Do we really think about Him? Are we remembering Him as we go through our day and our life? We don't take the time to thank Him for His goodness, for His blessings, for His provision in our lives. That's why the songwriter wrote this particular hymn, which I love so much, and I need to sing it on a regular basis personally myself. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be, lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow. Lead me to Calvary, lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. It's easy to forget all that God's done for us. And so we need to remind ourselves of the Lord. Uh, Joseph was forgotten, but he's in good company. Uh, Certainly we've all maybe felt that way, but, but the Lord feels that way every time we go through our day without spending time with Him, thinking, oh, I don't need to spend time with you today. Uh, sleep was more important. Or the things that are on my to-do list are more important than you, Lord. And God feels like Joseph did, like, hey, don't forget me. Don't forget me. And we do, like the chief butler We become the chief butler. So Joseph was forgotten, but then I want us to see thirdly and lastly tonight, Joseph was focused. Or at least I believe he was. And this is how we should act when we're in a a situation like like Joseph was. You may not be in an actual literal prison, but, but maybe you feel like you're in bondage to something and Maybe you feel like the Lord's forgotten you, and maybe you feel like no one else really knows what you're going through and that you're on your own. These are some things to focus on. And again, I can't totally prove that Joseph was focused on these things because it doesn't say Joseph was focused on letter A and letter B. Uh, but we can, we can see this, that he was focused on these things as he was going through his life and facing difficulty. And I imagine that he was facing or, or, or focusing on these things during this time as well. Um, and so the Bible doesn't say exactly that he was focused, but we can make an educated speculation on what he focused on during these long two years of his life. So here, here we go. He was, or, and we should be focused on the sovereignty of God. I believe Joseph was, had an understanding that God was on the throne, that God was in charge and that he was in control despite the circumstances. And he didn't realize this, but he was two years away. He was really on the brink of the greatest promotion and really maybe history uh, of mankind. It went from rags to from zero to hero in a matter of a matter of a moment couple hours, minutes. I don't know how long that process took in chapter 41, but it was quick. He was about ready to face that, but still, I believe that Joseph was focused on the sovereignty of God, and certainly we need to be focused on the sovereignty of God, that he's in charge, he's in control, despite the circumstances, that he's working everything out for his glory and for our good. Nahum 1.3 is a verse 
that you can maybe jot down the verse and look it up later. I'll, I'll quote it, though. It says, The Lord is slow to anger, great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. And then the last part of the verse says, The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. See, the Lord has his way in the whirlwind, and maybe you're going through a whirlwind right now, and Joseph felt like this is a whirlwind of a situation that I'm going through. I mean, getting sold, uh, serving in Potiphar's house, being lied about, being thrown into prison, and, 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 and having these guys released, and, and uh, hoping that I get released too. Uh, a whirlwind and a, and a storm, going through a difficult time. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds of the dust are his, um, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. So the Lord is over all of the different situations we go through and in, in the difficult ones as well as the good ones. And so we should be focused on the sovereignty of God. And then he was also focused, and we should be focused on waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. You see, he realized that putting hope in man didn't really work out all that well. And so we need to uh, put our hope in the Lord as opposed to waiting on, waiting on man. Because man will many times disappoint you. I may disappoint you. I don't ever want to. I don't ever intend to. But because I'm human, it's very likely impossible that that will happen. But look, God will never let us down. He will never forsake us, and He will never fail us. Therefore, it's wise for us to wait upon Him and to be patient. Psalm 27, verse 14. And this is just, you know, whenever the Lord repeats something, whenever He says it once, He means it. But when He ever puts emphasis by repetition, uh, we better take heed. And Psalm 27, 14 is one of those instances where He repeats Himself. Uh, David here, the human author, says, Wait on the Lord, be of good, cheer, good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So wait on the Lord is repeated twice in that one verse alone. So we're encouraged to wait on the Lord and to be patient. Joseph trusted that the dreams would still come to pass in God's way and in God's timing. By the way, I want to remind us all tonight that God's way is better than the way that I would choose. I know Joseph would have chosen a different path for all of this to happen, but this is the way God chose it to be. And, and, and I think Joseph, at the end, looks back and sees the wisdom of God in allowing all of those things to happen the way that it did to prepare him for what he was going to face. Isaiah 55, verse 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Don't try to um, compare your ways with the Lord, because there is no comparison. God's ways are better. God's thoughts are better. Ecclesiastes 3.11, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Not in your time. Not in my time, but in his time. He's made everything beautiful in his time. And so we need to wait on his timing, and Joseph needed to be patient. I'm sure that this got him excited when the butler was released. He thought, oh boy, I'm out of here soon. Uh, actually, it took two years. <laughs> and so, uh, and by the way, God is never early or late. He's always right on time. 
I believe Joseph learned that God was going to indeed work all things together for good. And uh, he was believing that. So we see living in obscurity. Uh, Joseph was faithful in obscurity. And I want to encourage all of us to be faithful in obscurity. He was forgotten in obscurity. Yeah, he was out of sight, out of mind. I mean, his, his dad didn't know he was alive. His, his brothers didn't know where he was or cared. They just were glad that he was out of their lives. 